what are words for <laughs> when no one listens anymore? Hey, there's a song from the 80s by Missing Persons called Words, and it says, what are words for when no one listens anymore? And I was just thinking of that song as I was getting ready to, to begin this podcast episode today. Um, a friend of mine asked about word choice selection. Like, how, please, He's like, please discuss word choice selection and why it matters, especially today, especially in our current social situation. And I don't know that that song from the eighties just kind of hit me there. Um, so anyway, welcome to the sunrise and shine podcast is your, your friendly neighborhood. Shiny pastor Steven is with you here and I'm so glad you've joined us. Um, we are extending this, uh, this is really going to be, um, going to be an extended version of, uh, uh, or maybe a remix version of a, a sermon from from a while back because it's about words and I've I've spoken on words before and uh, and thought so thought man this is let's just not reinvent the wheel let's go back and look at some of these sermon notes about words and why they matter and, and I'll start with a story and it's a, probably one you've heard it's a proverb and and I I don't have the the wording exactly down plus it it's, it varies from culture to culture but it's it's uh, it originates in a native american culture and and it varies on which tribe or which culture it comes from but 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 the story's about t- the the uh, a son comes to his father and he says he's struggling with to do this what's the right thing to do in a certain situation and the father gives him this proverb and says, within you, there are two wolves. Within all of us, there are two wolves. One is peace and harmony and joy and hope. And the other wolf is full of bitterness and fear and discord and anger. These are the two wolves. And the son asked the father, well, which one which one is, is the one that, 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 that takes over? Which one is the, the one that, that, that's... You know, that I that, that's going to be the one I I have, and and the father says it's the one you feed, whichever one you feed. So if the metaphor is true, and there's two wolves, one is peace, harmony, joy, and hope, and the other is bitterness, fear, discord, and anger. The question then for us is, which one are you feeding? And when it comes to word, our words, and and why we use them, and how we use them, and why it matters, I think it's good to to think about which wolf are you feeding. And in life, there's all kinds of issues and situations that can wreck us and can leave us feeling broken. And, and this is all about our words because we can experience worry, fear, and anger. And there's so many ways we get stressed and so many ways we can get depressed. And so how do I use my words in a positive way when I'm feeling positively negative? These are all questions that come up from the question my friend asked. And so because I've reflected on this in a sermon, let's go to that same scripture that, that really, I think, speaks to this very question. And it's in James chapter 1 in the Bible. Um, James is this, this uh, letter, the, this book we find in the New Testament. It's a great place to read and study, especially when we desire to live with peace and joy and hope of being a follower of Jesus. Even when we get <coughs> excuse me, stressed and depressed, even when we struggle with what... How do I how do I use words when I'm when I'm that are positive when I feel positively negative? Well, James chapter one, beginning verse nineteen says, "Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce righteousness God desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it is the power to save your souls." But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. 
For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So you can see right here why words matter, like, like why we need to reflect the, on, on words and why they matter. It's because we see right here, you know, if you are a, a Christian or a follower of Jesus like I am, you find here very clear direction in this. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, but you're not, you just want to be a decent human being, this is this is good. This is how to do that. How to use your words in such a way that you can be a decent human being. And it starts it starts within us. It's not just about the words you say. It's about inside what's inside of us. You got to check yourself. You got to check yourself. Like like um, like you know. Uh, have you ever had to check yourself? I sure have. If you like me, maybe you have to check yourself often. Jesus says, if you're a Christian, I want you to understand this. Or James says this. If you're, if you're a follower of Christ, I want you to understand this. And you need to understand this. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Does that sound like us? Does it sound like you? I know there are times it's like, man, that doesn't sound like me. But, but, but I want to be more like Jesus. And James says, this is how... This is what it looks like. The word quick or, or swift can give us the wrong picture of how the Bible says we should listen. It doesn't mean, a, like, listen hurriedly, like, superficially, okay, hurry up and I'm just waiting for you to finish. Hurry up. That's not what it means to listen quick. To be quick to listen doesn't mean you're sitting here right now thinking, hurry, get to the point already. <laughs> Being quick to listen means you're eager to hear what someone has to say. Like, you're eager to hear what God has to say, first and foremost. If you go back up to verse 16 here in James 1, just to get some context here, it says, Don't be misled, my brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. See, James is saying we should be eager to listen to the word of truth, the word, the word of our creator. There, there's, a, there's a passion for meeting with God combined with the patience to not only hear, but really listen to him, to listen to, to God, speak to you. Being quick to listen means I, I give priority to God's voice in my life. And I'm not talking about an, an, out, an out loud, audible voice. I'm talking about you, can, you know the, the voice of God when it speaks truth to you. you. And you may have to check yourself by asking, what is God saying about this? And then you, you, being quick to listen also means you're eager to hear what others have to say. You're eager to hear what God has to say first and foremost. But you're eager also to hear what others have to say. And a lot of times we're really, really not quick to listen. The, the second, uh, this often, this, uh, this often uh, is about others. That they, they often have other things to say that, that are worlds apart from what God has to say. So we have to go with God first. But, but we do not need to discount the fact that God does speak to us through others. This doesn't mean that if you don't like what they have to say, you don't listen. But but you guard what you uh, you guard what you allow in your heart and mind. You don't you, you won't stay positive if all you ever hear is negative. So it's important to listen to what others have to say, but it's also important to understand what God says first. 
So be quick to listen and slow to speak. This doesn't mean you you talk real slow <laughs> like like a uh, mountain man on Duck Dynasty <laughs> or Eeyore. Eeyore, welcome, welcome to my home. I've got something to share with you. I love you. No, no, slow to speak. <laughs> slow to speak is partnered with slow to get angry. This is about reacting to situations in a godly way. Slow to speak and slow to get angry means that you take a deep breath and count to ten before responding. Human anger does not produce righteousness. This is what it says here. So so be slow to speak and slow to anger. It means listen carefully to God's voice before you respond to others. Now when James writes, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, he echoes the words of Jesus. See, Jesus, in this famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, says this. Uh, it says this, these, these verses are found in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they sh- they'll be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You have heard that it, that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. So, so basically, Jesus teaches, and, and James too, that 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 when you get stressed or depressed and people are involved and relationships are on the line, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> so check yourself and then choose your actions. I have I have three boys and I have one who right now he's 10 years old and he's and his little brother's nine years old and they, they wrestle and play like boys do. And it happened inevitably at least once a day uh, the nine-year-old gets upset and sometimes he's he's actually legit like been hurt by a a stray kick or something and uh i'll hear a scream and i'll come back to to where they are and i'll ask what is going on and my 10 year old will immediately say it was an accident like i accidentally did it like no you were you were wrestling around you were playing you, you were playing rough you were rough housing as we've always heard it put in my in my home and you, what what happened? He got hurt was an accident, but what you did, you, you was not an accident. So you, you chose the actions here. Now, now, how often have we said the same thing to ourselves or to God? I, I promise to check myself. I promise to not go there. I promise to be a good person. I promise to only speak positive words. And then I accidentally did this. I accidentally posted that. I accidentally responded this way. And James says, when it comes to spiritual matters, when it comes to all of life, when it comes to everything we can't just listen to god's word we can't just listen to wisdom we must do what it says otherwise you're just fooling yourselves if you don't obey god's word it's like looking in the mirror and forgetting what you look like as soon as you walk away <laughs> i always wonder sometimes i see guys in the gym i've probably have been guilty of this myself if i'm being honest we'll sit there and, and and like stand in the mirror they'll like do do some bicep curls and then go look in the mirror and then bicep curls look in the mirror i'm like did they forget what they look like and um <laughs> right that's kind of what this reminds me of now if we're going to choose our actions and our words and our reactions uh, that god has for us james says look carefully at the perfect law that sets you free and do what it says so so again something we need to understand here this is ancient here and this was perfect law that, or this this that we look carefully at to look carefully that it, it literally means to lean over and inspect closely like 
lean over and inspect closely God, what God has to say here. J- James is writing to people who are facing a variety of stresses, a lot of stresses. And so through this stress, their trust in God is being trusted and stretched. They 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 go they're going through political uh, political religious upheaval. Their culture is is changing. They they are they're 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 stretched. They're being tested. And James wants to help the readers of this to go that, that, that to go through these difficult times in such a way that the relationship with God deepens and grows through this. And that's reflected in the words they say. He knows that in the midst of struggles, our view of God and what he wants us to do can quickly become cloudy. And he, so we wonder if God is still present with us. We wonder, oh, if, is, is God totally good? Is God actually good? Because we have this cloudy cloudy struggle view struggle uh, view of god and we wonder how much he really cares for us and what our purpose here on earth and even who we are and all this can come out in what we say and how we say it uh, a, a key to staying positive is to choose your actions based on god's word be, like be be quick to listen and <clears throat> in a biblical mindset uh, like a mindset that's based on scripture Hearing involves action based on what you just heard. It's not just about hearing. It's about implementing. It's about putting into action what you just heard, what you just read. So to act on the truth of God is to live as if God is truly our Father. Truly your Father. And He alone gives us our worth and our identity. See, this is this is about the words that we say, but this is about how it comes from within. And when your worth and identity comes from knowing who you are, you're you're a, you're a loved created in the image of God child of God that's that's who you that's your worth and your identity he treasures you well this allows very deep habits in our mind and our words and our actions to be transformed the the way we relate to ourselves and to others how we spend our time how we spend our money how we spend our words our general outlook on life all all need to come under the light of God's grace so James is not saying simply try harder and live right. Just try harder to, to use your words right. He's encouraging us to do whatever we need to do in order to feed our faith in our Heavenly Father. So, so we turn our anxiety and our desire to grumble over to Jesus. All the things that we want to like blast others about and use those, whether it's political or religious or whatever, we hand it over. We hand over every day. We hand over every relationship, every thought, every question to God, moment by moment, every word, thus allowing our faith in Him to become our living thing. It's a living thing. Our faith becomes a living thing. And then and then we're able to control our tongue. If we controlled our tongues with the love of Christ, maybe our words would sound more like His, right? I mean, if we allow the love of Christ to control our tongues, wouldn't our words sound more loving? When we get down here to verse 26 here, James bottom lines it. If you claim to be religious and you don't control yourself, you're only fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Sounds like sounds like the words we say matter to God, doesn't it? So it should matter to us. Now, this originally, uh, there's this specific word here. It's it's the word it translates as like bridle, like a bridle, like a like a 
that you put on a horse's head and a mouth to restrain an animal. So the idea is to control the part of the horse, you control the entire animal. You control that the head of the horse, you control the entire animal. So it's a great word picture when you really think about it. If we if we have the like true and pure relationship with God that He wants us to have, we're going to harness and bit and bridle this this tongue. And James goes on to point out the importance of this. He goes on, if you look in, in James chapter 3 and says, A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a, cor- sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech we can ruin the world turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings from the same mouth. A spring doesn't gush forth water, uh, fresh water one day, and brackish the next day, does it? It's almost like James said here, it's like, well, there's no contr- no no hope in control- uh, controlling the tongue. But go back to what he says here in, in chapter 1, verse 27. He finishes the thought about controlling the tongue with pure religion, pure religion, or, or pure, pure, pure relationship that glorifies God means caring for widows and orphans and refusing to let the world corrupt you. The key to controlling the tongue is to fill your heart and mind with the things that honor God. And so take this a little deeper and look at how can I stay positive and honor God and ha- and then realize you know what that's going to that's going to be reflected in how I how I speak to others and how I say things or even when I and when I'm talking about the words we say I'm, I'm clearly not just talking about speaking I'm talking about what we post in social media as well so do this how do you, my, how am I going to stay fo- stay positive and honor God make a list of three things you're thankful for do it every day for the next month. Every day for this next month. It's it's we're, we are in, in a brand new month here as, as uh, this podcast is coming out. And, and, and list something. Three things every day you're thankful for for an entire month. Do it. Do it. And then also celebrate life. Celebrate, look, look for milestones that bring joy. No, no matter how insignificant or trivial they may seem, celebrate it. Celebrate life. The little things. Do those little things. And when you listen to that, that positivity, if you're focusing on the positivity, positivity is going to flow from your, from your lips. It's going to flow from your mouth. It's going to flow from your computer screen and, your, and your, your phone screen. So your words matter. Your words matter. And, and we need to choose those words you know, prayerfully, how we speak to others, especially in the context of, of current social issues. We may, we may feel like something is wrong. We may be against something. But there's, there's nowhere that says we have to be hateful. Nowhere that says you have to be a jerk. Actually, James says you can't be a jerk and be hateful and call yourself a follower of Christ and a lover of God. So let's 
let's do let's do what this uh, this says again. Hey man, Sunrise and Shine isn't always like sermony. <laughs> I know that a couple of them so far this year have been, but I am a pastor. I pastor Awakened Church in Natchitoches, Louisiana, and um, if you're in the Natchitoches, Louisiana area, come on and hang out with us. We meet at Parkway Cinemas, the movie theater in Natchitoches on Kaiser Avenue, every Sunday at 10 a.m. We also live stream on Facebook and and Instagram, and you can find us there at Awaken. Church LA for that's for Louisiana Awaken Church LA um, and we would love to have you join us for that because we go into a lot of stuff like this all the time all the time because we're trying to grow spiritually together and become more like Jesus all right thanks